0: it's the health in the real world podcast it's time to start the show with chris jenky as your host here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies we keep it simple and easy it's your roadmap to get healthy you don't need equipment and you don't need a gym
1: just the right strategies to get you fit and trim
0: the health in the real world podcast is sponsored by i bet you could write your own diet book right i mean the information's already out there and well known so why then are we all still so overweight check out my book help my diet sucks and you will have a simple checklist no diet dogma and no crazy crazy diets check it out on amazon help my diet sucks hello and welcome to health in the real world i'm chris Janke and i'm joined today by three individuals who uh, have been affiliated with the podcast in the past so we have Barbara Walsh Sarah Anderson and dr. Nikki here today morning everybody
2: hello good morning
0: Our, it's morning over here I know we have two east Coasters and uh, Texas so I'm the only one on the west Coast only when it's the actual morning so good afternoon good morning um, Barbara let's start with you um, just quick introduction who you are and and how you got into what you're doing as well
1: Okay, uh, I'm a board certified master health coach, and I am located on the East Coast. And um, I got into health coaching because of my own personal um, experience with breast cancer. Um, when I was faced with a diagnosis, I opted out of conventional treatments, and I did a lot of research and prayer and discovery. And I learned about the power of nutrition, and uh, so and alternatives and um, it made more sense to me at that time to um, nourish my body, to strengthen its innate ability to heal rather than to bombard my body with poisons, hoping that maybe I would get well. And so um, that was the path that was peaceful for me. And I decided I'm going to go for it. So I went all in doing something completely different, changing my diet, changing my lifestyle, um, just embracing a holistic lifestyle that I had never lived ever in my life, and um, after six months of doing that, I went back for retesting, and um, the cancer that had been in my left breast could no longer be found, and I was given the NED, which every cancer patient wants to hear, because that means no evidence of disease, and um, as of January of this year, I am going on six years cancer-free. And so now, um, I actually help other women move beyond the fear of breast cancer, because It is the scariest thing that anybody is ever going to hear. And I help them to learn how they can create an anti-cancer lifestyle, take control of their health through their nutrition and their lifestyle so that, um, you know, they can lower their risk of breast cancer and recurrence and hopefully never, ever have to hear the words you have breast cancer.
0: That is awesome. Sarah, uh, introduction, who you are, who you work with, how you got into it.
2: Yeah, that is an amazing story. Um, I am a certified nurse practitioner and I've been working in conventional medicine for about 20 years, but about two years ago or so, uh, I, I work in cardiology in conventional medicine, um, about two years ago or so, I started hearing myself talk about cardiovascular disease and, and roots cause being inflammation, Um, About that time, I was starting to have my own personal health journey. I was dealing with a lot of stress in my life between um, caring for, well, two kids with developmental delays. Um, My oldest has autism and ADHD, which we didn't know at the time. I was pregnant at the time, and I eventually reached burnout. And I developed a neurologic condition called cervical dystonia, which has absolutely no cure. Um, And the only treatment is Botox injections, which are not fun at all. And so I started looking for a way to help heal my own body and I found functional medicine. So kind of similar story to you. Um, But with that, I started learning about it for my own health and I was able to reverse the symptoms that I was having, which were terrible, terrible headaches and pain and muscle cramps that you just can't even describe, but also get myself out of burnout. Um, and now I offer uh, functional medicine, health coaching to patients online who are going through similar things, hormonal rebalance and that sort of thing. So I, I truly believe there's a different way. Conventional medicine has its place, but in chronic disease, I, I think there's a lot of better ways that we can handle, um, and help people.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And Dr. Nikki. How about you, introduction, who you are, how you got into it?
3: Yeah. Wow. Incredible that we all have similar physical health challenges at first. Uh, Mine was type 1 diabetes at the age of 29, a type you normally get at 4, so I did a lot of research and sort of digging into what are the causes. And there were quite a long list, um, starting with adverse childhood experiences to then, which often leads to alcohol use, which is another one, mold exposure, antibiotics use, and then the food related ones are milk and wheat. Both have proteins casein and gliadin in them that will tag your uh, pancreas beta cells as antigens, and then your immune system takes them out. So. Um, actually a long list there. And I'm sure there's more, but those are what I uncovered. And so that led me jot down a journey of getting a PhD in holistic health and nutrition to figure out how I could feed my body and nourish my body uh, more appropriately that is suitable. And also then I got into the psychology. So what is adverse childhood experiences really Cause and what are the energetic blocks, the ancestral trauma that gets stored in the body, and how do you get it out? So then it led me to plant medicine and and lots of different modalities. Breathwork is one of my favorites, and um, as I'm sure we'll get get into, uh, what I realized is that some of the drivers of addiction or addictive behaviors of all kinds, from food to drugs and alcohol, um, is is this ancestral trauma background. And uh, what I uncovered is getting that out of your system and, and coupled with discovering your purpose um, really helps pull you out of that and then and seek a really healthy lifestyle that then your body uh, resolves its physical ailments thanks to.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. This is incredible. Like, Like I was telling all of you that I never really know how this particular format of the show is going to go because you all schedule your session independently. Uh, My story is very similar as well. Uh, I bulged a disc in my lower back when I was 14 years old. (sighs) And all I was doing was stretching. I was always very tight. So I was maybe I'm 6'1 now. I was maybe already 5'10 in eighth grade. Uh, I was bending down, trying to touch my toes. I could probably barely get to my knees, but... You know, trying to increase flexibility. And I stood up and I thought somebody hit me with a baseball bat as I'm coming up and I just couldn't move, locked up. I have a couple other flare ups. Like a couple years later, I had a neck thing happen. Uh, My head was actually stuck like this for four days. So I've had all kinds of disc issues in my spine and went to chiropractors and, you know, had some relief and things like that. But I wanted to know what was causing this in the first place. And that led me to where I am now with, with what I do now is I help people just balance their bodies through movement. So, you know, every muscle has an opposite and they should be balanced. They should be roughly the same strength, roughly the same flexibility that's going to lead you to having a balanced posture. And we're all going to know that you're balanced based on how you carry yourself. So, um, yeah, I'm 42. I feel better than I did when I was 14, which is nice. So, Um, this is, this is perfect. So this has led me into, I have a few questions for the three of you. Uh, what is it about the four of us that somebody gives you a diagnosis and you're like, all right, I got to figure this out for myself. And then we just dive in, we either read the books, we call the people, you know, we become doctors. What is it, you know, what was in your personality or what was it that you wanted to find out? Why was it burning you know, like this burning desire for you to figure it out, and we'll just go whatever order we want to, whatever order you want
1: to go in. Well, for me, I wouldn't. I think it was more terror. <laughs> that was the <laughs> the motivator for me because facing um, the conventional treatment that was being offered to me, which I have since learned is the same treatment protocol that's offered to every single patient that um, is facing cancer, pretty much no matter what what um, type of cancer they're facing, it's going to be surgery, it's going to be radiation, it's going to be chemo, and it may be some other supplemental um, medications. Along the way, like in my case, I was an estrogen-positive breast cancer, so they were recommending for me to be on tamoxifen for the rest of my life to suppress the estrogen. But you know, there's so many side effects with all of those treatment protocols, ex- with the exception, of course, of surgery. Although there's no such thing, I think, as an as a minimally invasive surgery. I think any type of surgery is going to be traumatic. But um, when I was looking at my options, um, I. I had known so many people over the years, even people in my own family who had faced cancer and undergone those treatments. And, you know, ultimately the outcome was not stellar. Many people were sick for a long time, many people died. And so, in my case, I think I was just looking for options. I was frustrated because when I asked my oncologist at the time, you know, how could this happen you know and her response to me was you know we really don't know we don't know why it happens and um i guess it's just bad luck or it's bad genes and for me personally i want i figured i needed to know what was the root what caused this in the first place like how did i go from you know living my life one day to seemingly all of a sudden being handed a cancer diagnosis. And it wasn't obviously the next day, but that's how it felt. And I thought, there's got to be a, a reason why this happened. And I think it was that wanting to know why this happened in the first place, what caused it to happen. I felt like if I could identify what the reasoning was behind it, I would be more successful in finding some way to treat it. And um, also, wanting options. I was frustrated that the same options that were being offered to my dad, who died of colon cancer when I was 13, same exact options that were being offered to him at the time were being offered to me. And I'm, t- you know, we're talking like, you know, many, many years later because I'm 58. So do the math, people. I don't, <laughs> I'm not very good at the math, but however many years that is. And I, I thought, you know, in this day and age of, of all that we know, all the money and research that's being um, devoted and dedicated to cancer, to finding a cure, quote unquote, cure for cancer, and this is the best that we have. I mean, I'm sorry for people who you know um, might think that's a radical idea, but that was that was my perspective, and so that's the thing I think that led me led me on that path because I thought, well, you know, the best thing that could have ever happened to me, I think, was that. After the initial diagnosis, um, I was waiting for a second opinion, and I couldn't get into you know, the number one cancer facility in my area. I had to wait. And that was actually the best thing that could happen to me because it gave me the chance to um, process what's happening um, because anybody who's been diagnosed with cancer, there's a huge rush. As soon as the diagnosis comes in, you you don't even have a minute, not not barely a second to process what they're telling you. And they want you in surgery that next day. The following day after that, they want you in in chemo. And then after that, they want re- you in radiation. And it becomes like this ongoing, you know, revolving door of a cycle, which is g- gonna go around and around and around. And so it, it was a blessing for me that that I couldn't get that second opinion right away. It gave me a chance to to learn a lot of things. And it was eye-opening for me. And And what I learned made more sense to me than I think anything would have made sense. And um, I was surprised after I, even as I went through the process, because as I embarked on that and I felt my body changing, I knew things, I knew my body was responding. um, I started looking better, feeling better than I ever had. Um, I know you told you this before, Chris, but when when I was diagnosed, I had just started menopause and had gained a whole ton of weight that I couldn't come up couldn't get off when I started the process just this natural process all the weight melted off I've kept that weight off now for as I said six years and um, you know I was thinking the whole time why didn't anybody ever tell me this before if I had known I probably could have avoided cancer in the first place you know and so that that was my reasoning.
0: That's, that's the thing. So, uh, it, yeah, it seems like all three of you are sort of pioneers, like doing your own research, um, Sarah or Dr. Nikki, what, what do you think it is about you or what motivated you to start doing your own research into the, some of the causes and some of the the treatments for what was happening with you?
2: So I saw, gosh, I've lost track of how many different neurologists I saw with my, um, condition, probably six or seven, And I asked every single one of them, why did this happen? Why is this occurring? Um, And not a single one of them could give me an answer. And not a single one of them could even tell me what was going on with my brain to cause this to happen which was extremely frustrating because my nature is I want to know why and I want to be able to fix it. That's what I do for a living, right? As a nurse practitioner, people come into me with XYZ symptoms and I fix it for them, give them a treatment option, um, which is very different now than what it was, you know, five years ago, but um, I, I couldn't. And the only thing that they could give me, like I said, was injections. And I'm talking like 30 injections in a muscle that is completely spasmed and locked up. Like if you think of a Charlie horse, it's like that, but 10 times worse and constant. And so then dab 30 needles in there, trying to get it to relax. And I would have to do this every three months for the rest of my life. I was diagnosed with this at 38 years old. I I didn't want to go through the next 30 or 40 years having 30 injections Every three months, it just, it wasn't really an option for me. And so I started searching out for alternative treatments and there really aren't any, um, to be honest with you. And I've, I've worth, worked with functional neurologists and reached out to those, um, who deal with alternative ways to treat neurologic conditions they don't even have an answer for me other than, you know, living, probably it's a very similar lifestyle as the anti-cancer lifestyle, you know, with nutrition and movement and prioritizing sleep and stress management. Um, but once you learn all this and you, and you start to uncover the root cause for disease, and I mean, disease globally, you see how all of the things in our environment affect our genetics. And it's interesting. Um, I was talking with one of the oncologists that I worked with, and she said that breast cancer, only 15% of women have the genetic marker for breast cancer, which blew me out of the water, because I'm sure we all know somebody who was diagnosed in their 30s or 40s. And you think, why? What happened? It's not their genes. It's something else. It's all these other things that are going on. And so being able to link all of that together was a huge light bulb moment and a huge um, way to manifest all this knowledge that I have and help other people who also want an alternative treatment and not just to go straight down the path of injections every three months for the rest of their life or deal with painful periods for the rest of their life. Because while that's very common, it's not normal and it doesn't have to be that way either. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about you, Dr. Nikki?
3: Yeah, so I had a very intuitive download that when I was sitting at the Jocelyn Clinic, which is one of the top diabetes centers in the country, and the nutritionist showed me a cereal box and showed me how to count carbs and subtract the fiber, and then that is the number that you use to count how much insulin you'll have to give yourself. And right then and there, my thought was, why isn't she telling me not to eat the cereal?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I was
3: like something's off. This isn't right. This is absolutely not right. And uh then I got a hold of Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief. Great book. And I was in sold. I was like, all right, I have way more control than my genetics, you know, Tell me, and the environment that I create for my genes is really what uh, then displays their um, form. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it is pretty incredible listening to all three of you talk about what happened when you were either given a diagnosis or you know educated about the cereal box and the insulin. And same thing with me; like, I had a doctor tell me that we needed to do surgery, back surgery. And I'm like, I'm, I'm 19 years old. What are you talking about? Like, and, and the questions though, I think like all four of us are hitting on it. It's like asking the next layer of questions. I think this is something that people watching and listening can, can get. It's like, don't just take surface level. Like, okay, you have this disease or whatever the diagnosis is. You can ask why, right? And you can ask why again. And then why again? And then why again? Like Toyota has the seven whys. Like if they can ask seven whys to build a car, then we should be able to ask seven whys to figure out why, why did I get cancer or this, this disease, type, type 1 diabetes, back pain. Why did this happen? And if, you know, there are plenty of people out there who are treating in different ways that if you ask why and they can't answer you, like I'm sure all of you would agree, like go find somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. like there are so many people out there. So, so now, now I want to shift the attention back to each of you and now, like now forward, right? You figured out sort of to the extent that you could how to conquer your own symptoms and your own illness, your own limitations. What do you do now for patients and clients? Like somebody comes in to see you, what is the first step like now forward? Uh, let's start with you, Dr. Nikki, since we will go opposite order.
3: Yeah, gladly. So my first step with any client is to help them see that their body's actually talking to them. And it's a blessing, Mm -hmm. right? It's actually an opportunity for you to tune in and to see what your body needs and what it's requesting and what is it that needs to be healed, and what needs to be looked at. And yeah, it might be nutrition. It might, it might be that. And so, so trauma that I talked about. It might be a, a list of things that you get to work on now, but first seeing it as a blessing instead of being in that resistance mode or fear or any of that, put that aside and, and see, okay, this is actually here to serve me. And as soon as I get my clients to see that, um, it, you can see the light come into their world again. And, and then they start on this quest of like, okay, great. How is this here to serve? And what can I learn?
0: I think you really, you hit on something that the Western medical model I feel falls into the other Mm -hmm. side where what's broken and what do we need to fix Yeah. versus you just said, the body knows the body is smart. It will tell you what it needs. It's always trying to regenerate itself. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big difference. If you can fall into the side that you're talking about, about taking control of our own health and our own lives, that's I think that's awesome. Uh, Sarah, what about you? Uh, what do you? How do you work with your clients and and questions you ask and things like that?
2: Yeah, definitely uh, mindset. And I love Nikki the way that you put that. Um, I usually frame it as you know getting people to realize that they actually have control over their health and they don't have to do what the doctor says. Um, that they get to decide. They get to decide what they eat. They get to decide if they exercise. They get to decide whether they want to take that pill or not, and seek other treatments. Because I, I do think that a lot of society, at least in America, you know, really has a paternalistic view of modern medicine, um, and so really empowering people to be able to take control over their health, and that there are choices available. Um, is where I usually start with people too. Yeah.
0: 100%. What about you, Barbara?
2: Well,
1: I think Dr. Nikki and Sarah said everything I would say, because <laughs> I do all of those things too. That's what I do with my clients. I mean, first of all, you know, I share, I have shared with them in my experience, but I help them to see in a weird way that, that this terrifying wake up call is actually the greatest opportunity that they have to create a life that they never thought was possible or to experience health that they never thought was possible. And I'm all about, you know, empowering them to, to let them know that they have a say, you know, I think you're right, Sarah, that, you know, people are so, I was like this very compliant, you know, and we're just taught to, you know, respect the experts, you know, but there's no greater expert on our body than us, you know, because who knows us better than ourselves. And I don't say that to be arrogant, but it goes back to that whole point that, you know, when when you experience symptoms or when, when things aren't happening that are out of line, like as far as your health is concerned, it is your body telling you something. It's like a wake-up call. It's like, you know, it's like the, the check engine light going on in your car saying, you know, we have a little problem here. And before you end up sidelined, you know, where you have to call a tow truck to come and, you know, drag you home, you know, or help you to get out of that spot, you have the opportunity to take control of that situation and do something. And the other thing that I always let my patients know is that there's, I'm not my patients, my clients know that there's so many things that they can do. And that's, that's like the biggest takeaway for a lot of people I work with, because people have this, you know, misconception that, you know, their health is, is outside of them in a weird way. Like, it's it's it, things are happening to them and they they're sort of like there's nothing you could do about it. it just becomes this inevitable cycle of aging or something that you know you have to expect that your body's going to break down you have to expect that you're going to feel crummy all the time you have to expect that you're you're not going to have energy and that you are going to end up with all of these age-related diseases because that's just how it is but it isn't, it doesn't have to be that way. And, and that's, that's usually what I, that's where I, that's my starting point with my, with my clients.
0: Right. It's like, it's com. It's very common, but it's not normal. Right. Just because everybody else, you know, and the number of people with diabetes, for example, just keeps going up and up and up. And so they, they actually are forced to sort of like shift it and say, Oh, now you're, you're in the normal range, even though that's actually Medic. very problematic. And right. Yeah. They, or like they used to call it, uh, diabetic, but now they'll call that range pre-diabetic, right. They'll change it because it's like, the, you know, they're grading on a curve. It's like, I don't, I don't really care what your, your health is. It doesn't relate to mine. Like I want optimal, right. I don't want you to say, Oh, you're fine compared to other 60 year olds or however old you are. Right. Um, I think what all three of you have keyed in on too is again, like much respect to doctors. They go through a lot. However, the doctor doesn't have to live in my skin, right? So you can tell me on an MRI that, oh, I'm seeing this, this, and that. And so, um, you know, people listening, I want to remind everyone the difference between a diagnosis and a prognosis, right? A diagnosis is, Barbara, you have cancer. Like, (laughs) right, sorry, I was like... I was reenacting, right? Versus <laughs> the, the prognosis is like, and you have a week to live or you have a year right. to live, right? You even talked about that woman who had stage four cancer who lived, she's still alive 18 years later. 20 years, so, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one
0: area where doctors actually are, they don't have the authority to give a prognosis. Nobody knows how long you're going to live. They can say, well, based on the 25 years that I've been in practice, I've seen many people in your situation have a year to live, and and it is like a very gray area. And I'm not again, I'm not saying this to step on the doctor's toes because they are very needed and most doctors are amazing. Um, it's that it does. You don't have to just be an automaton and listen right to everything. Okay, I'm going to do exactly what you say, and I'm not going to question. I'm not going to even ask why. I'm not going to there are many different ways to do things. So, and the three of you showed that. Yes, Dr. Nikki, I know you. Want I'm, that. I'm
2: eager. <laughs> um,
3: so well, two parts, I think that doctors aren't trained on nutrition, right? So they're right. not, yes. they're not teaching their, their clients to stay away from high fructose corn syrup, for example, and to tell your diabetics that, um, and, and some of the most common processed foods, um, begin with the three killers, which is your um, wheat, sugar, and oil. Mm. You put those three together. Each one of those separately can trigger diabetes. Combined, they're a bomb. And you look at any of the cereals out there, for example, and there's a list of yeah. other products. All three, is that those are the three first ingredients. Sure. Um, and then the second part that doctors aren't necessarily trained in is to tune into the body and ask what it needs. So when I put my hand on my pancreas, and I said, what do you need? What, how are you here to serve me? The, the, the instant response I got in my head was more self-love. Mm. No doctor is teaching me that. Right. Right? But I looked uh, prior I was looking in the mirror, and I'd scan my body and go right to the trigger points with like cellulite on my ass or so, yeah, like, excuse my language, but like that's where my <laughs> eye, my eye would go was trained to go to the flaw
0: right and
3: and and like I was literally stabbing my body with energetic daggers every single day. And, and we, we inflict pain on our bodies, not unknowingly, because we're such harsh critics. I, I hold myself to very high standards yeah. and I can hide behind that shield or I can be much more honest and say that I'm just a really harsh inner critic, right? That, that runs the show a lot. And, and doctors aren't taught to, to um, see where we can be kinder and more self-loving. Or you know, There's a lot behind when the body breaks down. That's on an emotional, uh, energetic level.
0: 100%. Um, I want to give each of you a chance to tell people how to get in touch with you. Again, this is, I think this is great. how this has all come together. Again, we're not saying like circumvent the whole medical system and go completely out there. There's a place. uh, And the three of you have also discovered some nuances, some gray area, some uh, alternative treatments that. I don't even like calling it alternative because it's just a way to live, but I'm going to say alternative treatments to the Western medical model, uh, nutrition, self-love, um, you know, different ways to promote health, right. Mm-hmm. Versus not sickness, right. We don't want to just be not sick. We want to be healthy. So um, how does, how do people get in touch with you? Websites talk about your podcast briefly and we will uh, we'll move on. Sarah, we'll start with you.
2: Okay. Um, so my company is called Peak Integrative Wellness. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. So you can get in touch with me there. Um, I don't have a podcast, uh, but I, I post pretty frequently. Um, and we do, we do functional medicine lab testing. So we actually do uncover the root cause of what's going on with your body and find levels and can improve all of those things. So yeah. Um, I, I love to work with women and, and get people empowered and their health and their life and their wellness on track. Uh, mine, my
3: podcast is called Elevate to Legendary. You can go to elevatetolegendary.com and see the show there. You can connect with me there as well. I interview legends in Austin and abroad on how, what they have had to overcome in terms of the human condition that we all kind of suffer from in order to really step into their highest potential and make it a big impact.
0: And Barbara, how do people get in touch with you?
1: Um, well, you can find me also on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at Good Nature Wellness, and on Instagram, it's at Good underscore Nature underscore Wellness. I also have a podcast, the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> where we talk about you know all things about women's health and um, you know how to just live your best life. And uh, take control of your health and experience what true wellness really is. And you can find me, I'm streaming everywhere, but you can also find me at um, slash podcast. And also for listeners out there who are interested, I have a, a new resource that I'd love for you to have. It's called Five Things That I Wish I Had Known Before I Was Diagnosed with Breast Cancer. And if you'd like to get that, send me an email to barbara at goodnaturewellness.com. I'll be happy to send it to you.
0: That's a great resource. Awesome. Well, uh, Dr. Nikki, Sarah Anderson, and Barbara Walsh today on Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke. Thank you three so much for coming in, sharing your stories, inspiring everybody out there to ask why and to dig a little bit deeper.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. What a treat. learn more.